This week on the Habs Forum, is it finally time for every Habs fan to just give up on the playoff hopes? They gave us some hope once again, as they always do, with a couple of crazy wins, but with two losses in a row, seems to be over. So we're going to talk more uh, about that, obviously. Uh, we're going to talk about some uh, some Twitter questions that we got in, uh, what to do with uh, some players, uh, and uh, just... Who to trust as an insider, because we got a bit of a scare when it comes to an injury to our beloved captain. And of course, we're going to cover the Rocket, who are unfortunately free-falling, just like the Canadians. And we're going to continue covering a prospect every week, like we've been trying to do every week, but we skipped a few <laughs> weeks. Uh, and uh, this week, we're covering uh, Quinton Byfield, pretty much consensus number two. So, let's get right into it, Dustin. So, we recorded a last podcast during the Anaheim game, which the Canadians won in overtime, uh, which is you know, always exciting in overtime win. And then, Saturday in Toronto, 2-1 win in overtime again. Crazy goal by Kovalchuk to end it. Crazy celebration. Everyone's excited. There's hope again. Canadians only five points out of the playoffs. And then, against Arizona, up 2-0 in the first minute. Then they lose that game, lose Boston, and now everyone just agrees that there's no hope. Yeah, well, I mean... How quickly uh, it changes. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I mean, they lost last night to Boston as well. Yeah. So two in a row, but, I mean, especially against... I mean, okay, Phoenix, or, well, Arizona, they have they have been better this season, but, I mean, like you said, they're up 2 nothing. not even two minutes into the game. You just had Jake Evans score his first NHL goal. The team's on a high, and then it just crumbles. <laughs> it all goes downhill. It's really unfortunate because that Toronto game was amazing. Probably will end up being the last great game of the year. Our last hope at this point, assuming we don't make the playoffs, I think the the, the percentages, because uh, some websites have percentages like two two point two percent or something like that. Our, our last our last hope for an exciting game for Montreal at this point, I believe, is the last game again of the season against the Toronto Maple Leafs. If that game, if we win that game to kick the Leafs out of the playoffs. That's kind of like winning that, a playoff series. It would be. <laughs> you know, it's not like winning the cup, but it's kind of like winning, winning a series. So, I mean, we, we've got that to potentially look forward to. But that Toronto game was crazy, and Kovalchuk scores that goal, and then he goes absolutely bonkers. He jumps into the the, the boards, and then you have that picture with Jeff Molson banging in the boards, mm-hmm. celebrating too. Like, they had me. I haven't been a believer <laughs> for, for months, and I was like, oh, God. Are, is, it gonna are, is it going to happen? <laughs> am, I, am I witnessing history? But no. I mean, let's be honest. Like, even after they won against Toronto, of course, like there was there was still like instead of being two percent, really they no were at four percent, maybe know, yeah, maybe four yeah. percent. But yeah, I mean, what can you say about Kovalchuk? I mean, the moment like how many games has he played with the Canadians? Has like, not, not, not even many. twenty, not exactly yeah. less than twenty, and he's he's he has at least what like two or three overtime goals. Well, after that uh, that game winning goal, I think that was his third game winning goal of the Canadians, and he now leads. The team in game-winning goals. That's crazy. For, for, for the year. So. That's, I mean, just the moments that, that he's been able to bring us in, in sort of a lost season, in the short period of time that he's actually been with the Canadians, is just crazy. It just feels like it's something that like I didn't realize. We, we haven't had that type of big game score in a while, it feels like. Well, actually, I mean, Radulov was kind of like that. Yeah, we had him yeah, for I a very he, short period of time, only one season, but he kind of had that big game ability too. And to, I mean, we have other players that will still like a guy like, like a Gallagher and all that. They'll still step up, but to be able to to score when it, we need a goal, I mean, 
Kovalchuk is the first one to see do that in, in a while. It's, it's it's why I kind of still want to hold on to him for next year. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, the Canadians obviously have a lot of a lot of good players like Gallagher. I mean, he's at the top of the list. I mean, even Domi obviously hasn't had a great year this year, but he was great last year. But I mean, there's just something so special about Kovalchuk and the way and I mean the way that he's embraced the city, the way that the city has embraced him, the way that the team has embraced him. And I mean, he just he, he just can't do anything wrong. No, absolutely. And even before that game against Toronto, there was that video that came out of him just outside on a day off on a, on a Montreal hockey rink with his kids just deking circles around them, not giving them a, a chance, really. Yep. I mean, <laughs> he just he seems to be happy in Montreal. He seems to be enjoying it. Maybe maybe he actually likes these brutal winters because it reminds him of Mother Russia, but you know. You never know. Um, Maybe he'll stick around, but maybe he'll end up getting uh, uh, getting traded. uh, Yeah, I mean, like at the beginning, like I would have said, if okay, if we can get anything for Kovalchuk when we first signed him, let's just do it. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about oh, maybe we'll get a fourth, and then it's a fourth for free. But I mean, I mean, the way that that this has worked out so far, I mean, you got to keep him. And just as an enjoyment factor, which I do think is something that's valuable. Like obviously, winning is the most important thing, but I mean, the point of Sports is entertainment. Yeah, well, I mean, is there anyone more entertaining than, no, exactly. than Kovalchuk on this team? Definitely not on the Canadians. No. I mean, and uh, I mean at this point, uh, uh, the wins don't mean that much at this point. I mean, they do. It's f- always fun to see the Canadians win, but I mean at this point, you know, any any sort of bright like factor that we can have in the season, like Kovalchuk has been so far. I mean, it's it's definitely a huge positive. And the thing now is that even the losses don't mean much because I mean I don't think they they can fall that far into standings. I guess they could actually they could they if the, for the for the ones that want to tank they they could fall 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 as far as twenty fifth I guess. But I mean it's just I feel like they they're kind of gonna be where they are right now at the end of the year. They're gonna win some, lose some, and it's, it's gonna end like that. I mean it, it, it's it's an unfortunate because if they win the last if they win against Arizona, which they should have, it's a whole different story. But then against Boston, yes, just that. That Bergeron, Marshawn, and uh, Pasternak line, like, you, you, you hate to see it, but probably the best line in hockey. They're yeah. absolutely incredible. P- Pasternak, his second hat trick against the Canadians this year, fourth on the year, already at 41 goals. They just seem like a, apart from the Canadians. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they're, they're I mean, the, the pieces that they got are. Are crazy. I mean, they got good goaltending, great defense, and I mean, they're like you said, the top line is probably the best in the NHL. Um, yeah, it sucks to see. Yeah, <laughs> the Boston, yeah, we all Boston hate, doing so good. Uh, I'll i hate the Bruins, uh, obviously, but uh, I mean, it wasn't great. I mean, obviously, Weber wasn't playing right. Well, we'll touch more on that later. But like, he's he's pretty much probably done for the year, even though they're only saying he could be back in March. I don't see the point if in March we're out of the playoffs uh, at that point. Um, <laughs> But some bad turnovers to start. Like, Duane, and I know he just came back, and it's not like he's supposed to be a defensive stalwart, but a horrible turnover on the first goal. And then Petrie just kind of gets walked around. And then Petrie's the one who coughs it up on the second goal. Petrie's someone who we need to step up. We would need to step up in this situation, which he has in the past when Weber went down. But, like, seeing how it went is just... Like, the reality is, like, there's... Before these, that's two losses they could afford to lose. I think four regulation games essentially. Now it's two, so unless they only lose two games in regulation till the end of the year, <laughs> yeah, they're not making the playoffs. Uh, no, based on the points that you know we usually need and all that. So yeah, so it's yeah. it's obviously not good. I mean, yeah, you know, well, hopefully there's going to be some more positives by the end of the season. 
Um, like you said, I mean, obviously losing Weber is, is huge as well. I mean, I can't really expect him to, to come back before the end of the season. No, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Because no. at that point, if they're absolutely out there in the playoffs, I don't see why. Like, Unless it's just he wants maybe to get a few games in before the offseason. Uh, I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, we don't know the extent exactly of, of the injury and all that. Uh, something else that I found uh, interesting that popped up uh, uh, on social media today. Since December 31st, Habs, worst power play in the league. Not only the worst power play in the league, but 8.5%. That's pretty bad. I mean, the power play has been an issue all year, but that is just... It's atrocious. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you definitely can't be that bad. You're not going to go anywhere if, if you're that bad. Absolutely not. Um, I mean, they had they were pretty bad last season. But, uh, yeah. but you know, I mean, uh, I, I don't think it was ever that bad, 8.5%. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, so definitely something they're going to have to work on. Obviously, it's it's going to take probably more of a hit now that Weber's going to be down. Um, but, you know, something something more that they're going to have to work on for the rest of the season and going into next next year. So now looking ahead to what's coming up, I mean, I, I don't. we always do a look ahead for the week coming up, but almost seems pointless because we don't really think there is hope. But, like, just... For the sake of argument here, in Pittsburgh tomorrow and Friday, so we've got a back-to-back, playing also Saturday at home in Dallas. So back-to-back, uh, home and away, you know, so there's travel in between there. That's, not, that's never easy. Uh, do we just see Lindgren at this point? See, see, it seems to be that they're leaving Primo in, uh, uh, in the AHL, so we'll probably see Lindgren maybe tomorrow. I don't think, Do you think they do price two games in a row? Like, do we still have hope? No, I wouldn't think so. I think, uh, you know. You probably play him maybe at home against Dallas. I would think in the second game. Yeah, that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Price always performs well at home, right? And uh, especially on Saturdays. And then next week, uh, let's see if we can win again a game against Detroit, a historically bad team. But apparently, yeah. they've got our number. <laughs> well, at this point, uh, t- let them take the two points. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> maybe they can catch up to us. And uh, this time next week in Washington. And then the next week is a road trip essentially right? in Detroit, in Washington, in Ottawa. Uh, I mean. How many wins are we getting here in the next uh, four games, Dustin? Well, uh, I mean, you got to figure they're going to beat Detroit at some point. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah, probably going to yeah. lose the other three. Yeah, I could see that. They probably. I, I don't think they're going to. Well, I mean, we'll probably have an episode before, like Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But, um, so. but uh, yeah, the back to back obviously is not going to be easy. Going into Pittsburgh, I mean, Pittsburgh, obviously a great team. Just got. Uh, Jason Zucker. Jason Zucker, yeah. Just got right. rid of Galchenyuk, so maybe that's a, an addition by subtraction for them. Uh, yeah, Galchenyuk, I thought actually, I, I really thought that in Pittsburgh, perfect situation. He'll get to play with uh, with a great centerman no matter what. He was yeah. just playing on on the bottom line. I, I, at this point, it seems kind of kind of kind of hopeless. And I, I I saw some people on social media after he got traded. People kind of not not familiar with Galchenyuk's situation, speculating, oh, this is, brings him closer to home. Maybe it, it'll help him. Oh, oh boy, <laughs> is it quite the opposite for Galchenyuk. He needs yeah. to get as far away from home yeah, as, uh, as possible. So. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to think this is probably going to be his last chance. Yeah. I mean, he's got to figure this out fast. If not, he's I mean, maybe maybe in the KHL. I, I, feel, I feel sad for him, honestly, because some former halves, when they leave, maybe you have a bit of a better taste and you know, or you don't really care how they perform. I always liked Galchenyuk. I, he, saw, he showed flashes. He seemed to play with heart, but it just seems to have fallen off completely for him. And it's, it's, it's sad to see. A ton of skill, but, man, is that draft year a bust. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously not just Galchenyuk in, yeah. uh, in, tw- in 2012. But, yeah, obviously there was a lot of busts in that draft. But, I mean, I think Galchenyuk, yes, it's sad to see. Yes, I love Galchenyuk when he was here, but I think 
a good portion of it's probably self-induced too. He yeah, I mean, from from what the rumors say, though, his uh, his dad isn't uh, yeah. exactly the most helpful either. Maybe maybe he'll 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 strive if he goes to the KHL or something like that. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you know, he 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 obviously still does have a crazy amount of skill. I mean, I'm sure, you know, again, I mean, he's on his what fourth team now. I think it's four, yeah, like in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. We're talking about a short amount of time here. It's fourth team, so because the thing of Domi, it still feels like Domi's kind of new on the Canadians. Yeah, and since then, Galchenyuk has moved. Been traded twice. (laughs) Twice. Twice. So, So, yeah, obviously not a good sign for him, but uh, I mean, we'll see what he can do in Minnesota. I see Minnesota is a little, I would say, pretty short on skilled guys. So, I'm sure he's going to get the ice time. He's going to have the have the chance to succeed, and, uh, and we'll see if he can seize the opportunity. Well, maybe he'll end up being one of those players that strives on bad teams. You know, there's always been those players in the NHL where they, they, they do well on bad teams, low pressure, and they just someone has to rack up points on those teams. And yeah. maybe maybe that's Galchenyuk's uh, future in the NHL. So mo- moving on from the future games, we're already starting to touch on, on Galchenyuk. Uh, I mean... You know what? Let's just keep going with the Jason Zucker trade, actually, because I thought this was really interesting for for Habs fans. Because Jason Zucker got a huge return uh, for for the type of player he is. I mean, he's a very solid player, but it's not like he's an elite elite goal scorer. Yeah. And he went. Galchenik is the the worst piece. Like, he was a throw-in and everything. A very very good prospect in what's his name? Addison. Addison. Kalen Addison. Yeah, exactly. And a first round pick. And yeah, so I mean the Penguins, um, I mean consensus first or top prospect in their system. Uh, so Kalen Addison, uh, obviously he played for the World Juniors uh, for the Canadian World Juniors this season. Uh, they're giving up their first round pick as well. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's obviously going to be an end of the first round pick. Though I mean, it's it is a very strong draft this year. Um, and then Galchenyuk, I mean, how? Yes, I mean a lot of a lot of fans were saying. Well, if they could get that much for Zucker, I mean, they got a, a top prospect, a first-rounder, plus an NHL player. I mean, I think the Penguins were probably pretty happy to get rid of well, Galchenyuk. No, no, at this point, Galchenyuk was, was absolutely just a throw. And the thing is, if they get Zucker and they don't move Galchenyuk, let's say they only give uh, Addison and... Uh, no, not Addison. What was his name again? Yes, Kalen Addison. Addison, it was Addison. <laughs> uh, Addison and the first-round pick. Let, let's say that's the trade. I think Galchenyuk is in the press box. Assuming the team's yeah. healthy, right? So yeah, oh yeah, probably. It, for for the Penguins, I think it was uh, purely a throw-in. Now, obviously, this is a Hab podcast. This is a team now that we most Habs fans agree uh, are not going to make the playoffs, which usually means you're a seller. So a lot of fans are looking at this. Jason Zucker got this return. What about Thomas Tatar then? What kind of return could we get for him? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's obviously, you know, a lot of fans were seeing the sort of, you know, similarities between the two situations. But, I mean, yes, Tatar is a better scorer than uh, than Jason Zucker is. Are the one the one big thing here that that maybe I think people were not looking at necessarily is that is the fact that, t- t- yes, Tatar has one season left on his contract, but Zucker has three years left. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, I mean, that, that, that two extra years is huge. That makes a big difference. Yeah. The biggest thing to, to 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 remember too. I mean, for for some teams though, the the, the two extra years might make him less valuable depending on what their contract situation here is. Like some some play, some teams might prefer having the the less years. But the, my thing though is the one team that looked like a perfect fit for Tatar was the Penguins. Yeah, yeah, it's and, true. And it, I wouldn't be surprised if they kicked tires with Bergevin and Bergevin was like, "No, we're not moving him." And they moved on to someone else, and they went. They went, they went after Jason Zucker. Well, they apparently, before trading for Zucker, want, um, asked about Max Domi, and were told no. 
Um, so, I mean, uh, you know, that's rumors. I mean, who knows if that actually, uh, you know, if it did actually transpire. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, Tatar obviously would have been a great fit there with Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I mean, there there are some, I mean, if the Canadians do decide to trade him, there's still some other possibilities out there, like maybe Edmonton. Uh, there's been rumors maybe about Calgary. Um, so, but would you want to move Tatar for a similar package? Yeah, first and a top prospect. Uh, it's tough to say. <laughs> it's so tough. I mean, I think a first. I mean, if you could get the same sort of thing that um, that Minnesota got for Zucker, then yes. I mean, you know, you're getting the NHL player, a really good prospect, a first. Um, if we get a first, forget and even a really, the NHL player, right? Because yeah. we both agree Galchenyuk's kind of a yeah, throwing. that's true. Like, like, let's just say it's a first and a solid prospect. Maybe not even like a top prospect on that team, like a top three prospect on that team. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it is so hard. You know, it's going to be hard to see Tatar go, but I think. You know, it's probably a trade that you have to make. I mean, With I think, that return, that's yeah, just good that's, asset that's management. That's a really good return. You know? I mean, you're getting a first-round pick in a really strong draft, and you're getting, I mean, if you can get a really good prospect too, that's, it's going to be pretty tempting. Exactly. I, mean, I just think it's hard to say no. I think, I think this team going into next year, there's, if you're, if they're all healthy, there's a glut with those types of players. And I mean, if we can, we can move maybe more to our to our Twitter question now. We we have one I think specifically about the makeup of the team next year. I'll let you bring it up. Yeah. So I mean, uh, well, we had a couple of uh, Twitter questions here. I mean, one of which was uh, let me just pull it up here. Uh, okay. So we have from Tom. So at Lears Cove on uh, Twitter. Uh, what, in your opinion, will the roster look like come September? Drastically different the same or minor tweaks there's actually another another question we also received it sort of ties into it a little bit and that was from kevin rogers so at ka rogers 77 on twitter if the top three centers next year dano suzuki and kakiniemi where's the best spots for max domi and ryan palin i find this very interesting ryan paling to me is, is less of a of an issue uh, i don't think there's anything wrong with paling maybe being slotted in at, as a fourth line center uh to start to start next year, but at this point, I don't know what I want to do with Max Domi because I'm almost I'm worried that this year's Max Domi is the real Max Domi, kind of a, a up and yeah. down player, a little too emotional at times, has some skill. We'll have other seasons as good as last year, but I think it's going to be maybe he's going to have up and down seasons. Part of me is scared they're going to give Max Domi like a long term high contract because I don't know if I want Max Domi for eight years right now. No, no, maybe not. I mean, it all—it's all, all going to depend on the money. Um, I mean, I think definitely. I don't think that the the Domi that we saw last year is the real Domi. I don't think maybe it's a mix of the two. You know, I, like he had seventy-two points last year. Is he going to hit seventy points again? I have my doubts. Yeah. I think he's more like a fifty-five, sixty-point guy on a regular basis. I mean, how much money is he going to get? You know, if, if you had like maybe in eight years and like six million. I think I, I could maybe do that. But, like, I think a lot, of, you know, there was talk at the beginning of the year, eight years, eight million. I don't think that's realistic. God. I mean, that would be a nightmare. That yeah. would be an absolute nightmare. No, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think, you know, obviously with this season, you know, he obviously lost some money or yeah. he's losing money as Absolutely. the season goes. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I think, especially if we move to Tar. Then that would make sense for Domi to be on the left wing at that point. Yeah, I think Domi needs to be seen as the winger right now because on the team, if there's a gluttony at center with uh, with Dano and um, yeah, Suzuki, Suzuki, has proved himself as a center. Yeah. Kudkiemi, if he's gonna have a future in an NHL, is gonna be as a center. Domi's been pushed out, and I think overall Domi 
he needs to figure out his game on the wing because that's where he's best suited. Uh, and he just it just it just needs to, to work for him there. But like you just mentioned though, there was rumors that maybe Pittsburgh called about Max Domi. Would you have moved Max Domi? Let's obviously we wouldn't have got Galchenyuk back, but for the same return. No, I don't, no. I think if you're moving Domi, it has to be for like someone that's going to be on the team now. Like See, basically tr- moving him for a defenseman. Exactly. Like, yeah. You yeah. Know, a young defenseman. If I would move Max Domi for a defenseman of equal value. You know, like a, a similar, maybe going into an RFA year, uh, 24 years old, maybe off a disappointing season. Like I haven't, I haven't done any in-depth research of exactly who that would be, but this team would be better. And I've talked about this before. We we generally defend Belgevin trades. The one bad trade, I think at this point, we have to say it was a bad trade. This team would be better with Sergeyev instead of Dehoyne right now. We essentially need to do a reversal of that trade with Max Domi to make this team better, especially with the scare we just got with yeah. with uh, Shea Weber' career potentially being over. If really this is a team that wants to win, their defense just needs to be better, and su- substantially. There needs to be a real good defenseman added to this team. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I think a lot of it's going to depend on on what really is the situ the Shea Weber situation. I mean, you know, maybe if if I mean if if he is injured, if you know seriously, and like his future is really in question, then I mean, what are the Canadians' chances really <laughs> in, like next year? For well, that, that's the thing. Well, we can move to, to one of the other questions we got actually from uh, from our friends at uh, from Failing Hands. <laughs> from Failing Hands. So John from Failing Hands asked, uh, so how how reliable or uh, yeah how rely or how informed is Nick Kiprios? So, Short answer. <laughs> Not very. Long uh, answer, but, fucking not very. I think I don't think that he's not informed. I think he just loves to add something for the sake of views. And it worked. It for, he was he was right that th- there's no denying that there was a certain scare with the Shea Weber injury because he went to Wisconsin and we had more reliable people saying he went to Wisconsin to see probably the, the, the guy that operated on his foot before. You don't do that for something you're not worried about. But the little blurb that he added, the little line mm. just saying career potentially in question, whatever he said, he clearly had nothing indicating that, and he just added that because he, he knew it would blow up Hab's Twitter, and oh boy did it. Oh, exactly. I yeah, got I no mean... work done that afternoon. <laughs> Absolutely none. But I mean, yeah, I've I've never liked Nick Kiprios, and I think I mean, like you said, he added that just to you know get a little bit more exposure for himself or whatever, you know, blow up uh, blow up Twitter. He's one of those guys that you know just has, in my opinion, has like basically zero credibility. Guys I wouldn't like, go as far as saying he maybe has not no zero insight because like he still, he, yeah, I'm sure he, he does. He was right. He was right that there was something to be yeah concerned like, about with you know, with Weber, right? And. It, and that that was it was there was more to the injury maybe that were being led on but he he added to it which was uh, un, unnecessary but I'm still kind of skeptical with what's going on with Weber, forty six weeks all of a sudden, it's the same foot so maybe and they're saying full recovery but is it really going to be full recovery? I mean, let, let's talk about if let's say hypothetically Shea Weber's career is over or he comes back and he's nowhere near the same defenseman he used to be. What what what's the plan going forward? Is that so? Some people on Twitter were saying, if Weber's out, blow up the whole team. I mean, I don't think that's realistic. I mean, okay. Well, first of all, okay. We'll we'll see. We'll see what what has to happen with him. I mean, I don't think he's going to be back in four to six weeks. 
because uh, no, yeah, we're going to be out of the playoffs, like probably mathematically at that point. So what's the point? Yeah, well, no, exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, even if like if he did have to have like a surgery or something, I mean, yeah, we're, we're not expecting him to come back till next year anyway. So I mean, we're talking about like like what like six seven months that he could you know basically recover. Even if he did ha- is if when he comes back, is he going to be the same defenseman? I mean, a lot of people thought that Markov was never going to be the same defenseman after he had the the back to back injuries and. He had what two, three great years with the Canadians. Obviously, not everyone's Andre Markov, but, but Andre Markov, those injuries he had him earlier in his career. Shea Weber's thirty-four right now. I mean, yeah, well, that's yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, Markov was definitely pretty older, pretty old too. He wasn't thirty-four, but he was a, he was in his thirties. At some point, Shea Weber is, is, is slowing down, and realistically, I don't think. With an injury that's recurring like like this, and are we gonna get another eighty-two game? Regardless, let's say when he does play, he's still elite. I mean, he he was very good this year. So, uh, honestly, I was surprised how good he was this year. Let's say he comes back just as good, but now now the problem is it's not that he the way he plays when he's on the ice. The problem is is are we gonna get another eighty-two game season out of here? Out of yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a, a valid question. I mean when you have the same injury twice in you know the span of like two years. I mean, it's it's going to be tough. So I don't then that that, that brings me back team. to the, the, the what we were talking about before. Then this is why Shea Web our, our eggs can't all be in on Shea Weber as the defensive like stalwart who plays thirty games for this team, uh, thirty minutes for this team every every game. And Jeff Petrie, I mean, he seems to have slowed down a little bit at times this year too. There needs to be a move if we're talking about shaking up this team. One of the Fords. A guy like Dwayne, uh, I mean, Tatar, like, I don't think... Tatar, I think you might as well hold on to him. A guy like Dwayne, I could, obviously don't want to move Gallagher. I don't want to move Dano. I mean, he's, he, he's like, one of the best contrasts in the NHL. It's 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 Dwayne and Domi are the two guys. I don't think they're going to move Dwayne. I think Domi needs to be moved for a defenseman. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. Um, I mean, they... I think we have the centers. We know who the centers are going to be. It's going to be Deno. It's going to be Kekinami. It's going to be Suzuki, and then you know maybe Paling on the for- at, on the fourth line. Even then, at left wing, I mean, depending on if you keep Tatar or not. I mean, you still have Tatar. You uh, you have the Ruwain that plays on the left as well. You have Lekkinen. So I mean, does Domi really going to play on the left wing? I mean, I think I think you can probably you can move either Tatar or uh, or Domi. But the the Tatar, my my thing is is the idea here is that we're moving the pl- this player to improve the defense. And Tatar is the type of player with his contract and everything that you can move for to a team that wants to go for it right now that'll give you picks and prospects. Are you going to get an, an NHL-ready player for Thomas Tatar? Not right, necessarily. Prob- probably not. Probably yeah. not someone, right? But so if, if what we're talking about is adding an NHL-ready defenseman who can help this team immediately... It's going to be Domi that you have to move. Exactly. Yeah. So it just it just kind of makes sense. So I'm, I'm now I'm wondering now, if is, is this rumor true that they called about... Domi and he said no, but then who knows? Like you never know really with uh No exactly. With I mean you never know what's happening. I mean obviously that happened also before um if not yeah, I mean the trade happened before uh Weber got injured too, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean you know, obviously maybe that, that might have changed up the plans as well. And I mean I think that sort of a move, like trading Domi for a defenseman, that's that's not gonna be something that's gonna happen now. It's gonna be like a you know, a draft day trade sort oh, of thing. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. That's not a Necessarily a trade and light move, yeah. uh, I, I don't think so either. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think it, it would make sense to move Domi to get that defenseman. I mean, and then uh, yeah, I, I think at left wing, you know, we we have 
enough enough depth at this point. Obviously, defense is sort of a shit show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just with the with the the explosion of Nick Suzuki this year. If the Canadians are able to re-sign a guy like Kovalchuk too, I mean, who who can play up pretty much on left wing or the right exactly. wing, uh, then Armio's had a great breakout season. If if Dwayne can find the same game he has last year, like I really don't think this forward group. Is that much worse next week, next year, if you take out Domi and you just slot in maybe someone else that you can pick up somewhere, or give a yeah. shot to another prospect oh, or true. anything like that? I, I really don't think so, given the, the the progress these players have made. But the defense, if we, I mean, I said this, I, I said it at the beginning of the year that if we're out, that, like in the off season, I was terrified we're going to go into this scene the same defense and then just have the same result, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. The defense needs a drastic change. Yeah, I mean, at Ford, uh, I mean, there's some prospects coming too, you know, exactly. potentially like Jesse Alonin. There's Jake Evans just scored his first goal. You got Cole Caulfield even. I yeah. mean, probably not next probably year. Not right but, away, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, in the in the next couple of years, hopefully. On defense, I mean, obviously there's Romanov, but aside from that, there's not a whole lot. I mean, at least not in the next, you know, two or three years. Especially if we're only getting like 60 game a year from Shea Weber. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see how badly the Canadians finish the season. I mean, you know, we're probably looking at a pretty good pick as well. There's a lot of really skilled forwards uh, at the top end of this draft and the top ten. So there's only really one defenseman, yeah, right? There's only yeah, yeah. Jamie Drysdale on defense. So I mean, there's a lot. You know, we'll we'll see how this how the season shakes up. And I mean, not even on defense, there's some pretty decent free agents. Obviously, you're gonna have to pay a lot for them. But I mean, you know, you're potentially looking at guys like Alex uh, Petrangelo. Um, there's TJ TJ Brody as well. When has um, this team Tyson Berry? When has this team ever improved itself with free agency? They signed Radulov. I did love Radulov, <laughs> and then <laughs> for one season, but for, yeah, and then, and then we just did nothing. Then like we, we we took a risk on Radulov, and it worked. And then we're like, yeah, you just go play somewhere else. We don't need you anymore. But but I mean, the Canadians also have. I mean. I, We'll see what again. We'll but see Tory what happens Krug, with Shever. Oh yeah, Terry, uh, Tory, Tory Krug, Krug as well. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, obviously, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of guys, guys like Domi, Drouin, Gallagher, Dano, even that are sort of hitting their prime like now, essentially. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we have Price and Weber that are on the tail end of their career. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's the time to do something is is basically now. Yeah, the Canadians have an abundance of prospects. They have a bunch of picks. You know, in the first couple of rounds over the net over this year and next year, so I mean, they have the assets to move to tr- to go get something, to go get yeah, those missing and, pieces. And we've talked about it too. That I mean, we we're not on the fire version bandwagon for this year, but I do think the upcoming season is a make or break year for him. Yeah. He usually he he's not scared. He's made some big moves uh, in his tenure here. He has to be able to recognize that team defense is the biggest issue uh, on this team. Yeah, yeah. I think you know he's he's obvious. I mean, I, I kind of find it hard to find a trade that he didn't do. It. Well, you said Drouin and Sergachev. I still don't agree with that. I think Drouin just because of the injury. Is, Forget is the about issue. that. You, yeah, you're Sergachev, gonna tell me the team would not be better today. I'd rather have Drouin. That is Sergachev. ridiculous. <laughs> that is absolutely ridiculous. Sergachev is on a way better team. Is way. Sergachev is exactly what this team needs right now. We're literally I mean, talking about making the I, exact same trade. I don't like Sergeyev. I've other never way. liked Sergeyev. 
No, I mean, I, Sergachev is not going to be the same as good as he is with the Canadians as he is with the Lightning. Regardless He's on a much of that, better team. Regardless of that, the team would be in a better position right now yeah. if they had Sergachev on it than than uh, than than if, if Sergachev was still on the Canadians, you would think trading Sergachev for Drouin would be laughable. Well, I don't know how good Drouin would be. It's just because of the injury. If he can come back to the, if he can start next year, but regardless the way that he of that, regardless year, of that, I'm not trying to hate on Dwayne. My my point is, this team needs better defense, and to improve the defense, you have to move big pieces. If you reverse that trade today, this team is in a better position. But like, I'm not even saying to move Dwayne. I'd rather keep Dwayne and move Domi. But we need to move a forward to add defense. We wouldn't have that need if we hadn't done that trade. I guess, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, you you know I'm not a Sergachev fan. I never have been. I never will be. By that, you mean you're a Sergachev hater. <laughs> I guess I am a Sergachev hater. But, I mean, it, it, there's no denying to me that he the team would be better off. Anyway, Do we have another Twitter question before you say some more nonsense? <laughs> uh, yes, so we did have another Twitter question here. Uh, okay, so we got... Um, <clears throat> Oh yeah. So basically, well, this this was a Twitter question that we got at the beginning of the week. Um, not super relevant, I don't think, at this point. Uh, but but Ryan uh, Rabalkin, so at Ryan Rabalkin on Twitter, uh, should we keep the push for a playoff? Obviously no. <laughs> uh, obviously no. Uh, in Ryan's defense, when when we uh, when yeah. we posted the question, uh, is when the hype was uh, was was back. It was after the win win against Toronto yeah. before so, the loss against Arizona. Like I said earlier, I was also. I was ready. I wasn't on the bad wagon yet, but I was ready to hop on. You know, my pack, my bag was packed. You know, I wanted, wanted to jump on, go for the ride, and then it just okay. Well, it's over. It's over. It's not happening anymore, and uh, it is what it is. So now we're looking at UFAs uh, and trade targets and all that on uh, on cap friendly. That's that's where we're at at this point. That's where we're at. So uh, it it is what it is, and the next exciting. <laughs> I hate that I just said that because a friend from work listened to the podcast and told me I say it is what it is all the time on the podcast. <laughs> you do say that. So, I'm trying not to say it as much. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I feel like saying it again. So I'm, I, I'm trying to just change the subject here. But not making the playoffs. We'll see what they do at the trade deadline. I mean, we're going to have more episodes about the trade deadline when we get closer to it. But I think we're, we both still think there's not going to be much of a move. The only thing that puts a wrench in is really the Jason Zucker move. If that establishes the market for 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 a guy like Tatar, yeah, I mean that's that's good news for the Canadians. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Petrie's not going anywhere. There's no chance, especially with this Weber news. Yeah, yeah. you gotta. They, you gotta they, they can they can say Weber is gonna come back 100 all they want. I don't care. I don't believe them. At the very least, they have to be like I said, more worried about his ability to play a full season. It doesn't make sense to move Petrie unless we go for a full rebuild. But if you could get some a solid prospect and a pick for Tatar, but but then but not if you're moving Max Domi like we're talking about. But even then, it might be the smart move to do because maybe you move Tatar for the for a pick and a prospect, uh, and then you're just adding assets. You can still move those assets too afterwards, right? Or or opens up the the po- possibility of adding a pick to Max Domi to maybe get an even better uh, defenseman if if that's what we want to do. But I'm telling you, I said the same thing last year. If we go into next year with the same defensive we have this year. We should just cancel the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, no, I just, he has to do something. I mean, I th- and I think that's the one thing about Bergevin, at least in my mind, is that he, yes, he do he, all the trades that he does generally seem seem to go really well, uh, except for the one that we disagree on. But um, 
he never seems I mean obviously in free agency he's been close a couple of times but he never he, he just doesn't seem to be able to pull the trigger on a on a good trade on like on a big trade you know? like like a really really big trade yeah, yeah like yeah. a big trade um, you know, to go out and get that piece that we need. Well, the thing is, I, I agree with you that he's made like those moves. He hasn't been scared to make those. But the one thing he hasn't done is for for two years now is improve the most glaring weakness on this team, which is defense. Yeah, and I mean that's he, it has to be done this year. They can't they can't do that do it a third year in a row, I and mean, they're gonna have to you know be it free agency, be with a trade again. I mean, we have all the assets in the world now. You have to. I mean, yes, it. You don't. I mean, there's certain prospects you don't want to see go, but at a certain point, I mean, prospects are prospects. You have to pull the tr- exactly move, pull the exactly. trigger at some point. All right. So uh, moving on from the the Canadians, then I guess I, you don't have any more Twitter questions. Nope. Right. So has not been going too well for the uh, the Laval Rocket right now. They're they're winning as much as the Canadians. Yeah, pretty week. much. I mean, three straight losses, and I mean, important losses yeah. too. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, they lost two to to the top two t- or the one each to the top two teams in the division, uh, in Belleville and Utica. Yeah, I mean, Belleville they did lose in overtime, but uh, I mean, it was a game that they were winning. Um, same thing against Utica actually uh, last night. They were winning that game as well, and again weren't able to uh, to finish the deal. They also lost to Toronto on Sunday, which was a big loss for them as well. Obviously, one of the teams that they're fighting for a uh, true four last... point game. As yeah, as they definitely. Say. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's you know the loss basically that cost them uh, the fourth and final playoff spot in the, in the North Division. Um, I mean, you know, it's there's still disappointing. Hope, though, right? I, I mean, there's still hope. I mean, they're tied right now in points. I mean, uh, for for the fourth and play, final playoff spot with both Syracuse and Toronto. Toronto does have two games in hand, though. But uh, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, obviously they've they've gotten a lot of firepower as of late. I mean, getting Paling back, getting Kutkiemi, who's looked really good so far. Uh, Flurry as well, who has struggled a little bit since going down to the AHL. Um, you know, hopefully they can they can sort of get it all together. But I mean, so you know, unfortunately, the last couple of games it hasn't worked. And you know, I mean, obviously they lost Jake Evans, their top scorer, and Xavier Ouellette, their captain. But I mean, that happens to all AHL yeah, teams. Exactly, you know, it happens to all AHL teams. And then at the same time, we could just say that they've they've added a Kutkinyemi. Exactly. They've added like yeah, like you said, Kale Fleur. Kale Fleur had a beautiful goal a few games ago too. Yeah, so I mean, we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, hopefully they can uh, they can put it back together here. I mean, they still got uh, just over twenty games left, uh, twenty three games, I think. So, you know, hopefully they can uh, they can finish strong and and finally make the playoffs here in I the mean, third it's, season. It's it's the only hope for playoff hockey in, uh, I guess, Mont- not quite Montreal, but Laval is close enough, you know. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully we get there, but this week is, this week makes it rough. But uh, let's let's move let's move on and talk about. Positives. The positives. It's the draft. The draft. The draft in Montreal. In Montreal on top of it. So, uh, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about Quinton Byfield. All right, hold on. Before we move to Quinton Byfield, uh, for our uh, listeners that are loyal, you know that I, uh, I've i been doing the, 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 the sim lottery pick. Uh, it's just this website called tankathon.com, uh, which you could simulate. Uh, just click it once to see what pick we get. Like right now, Canadians percentage to get the first overall is 5%, top 3 is 16%. When we did this on the episode we talked about Lafreniere, I actually clicked it once, 
And there's no proof of this, but I, we, I promise you this happened. We got number one overall. So I'm going to do it again, see what happens. Only one click. And the Canadians stayed exactly in the same spot, picking ninth. So not able to, to draft Quinton Byfield at that point. But actually finding it interesting to talk about these more top-end players. Because the, the odds are it's either going to be a top three player or it's going to be a 9-10-11 player. Right, yeah. it's it's those other players that there's no chance really of unless someone drops. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, if they keep losing, I mean, it'll <laughs> yeah, fall a little get, bit more. Yeah, I guess you Who never knows? know. So, Byfield consensus number two. What yeah. else? So, I mean, as much as Lafreniere is a consensus number one, Byfield is very much a consensus number two. After after Byfield, it gets a little bit more uh, up for grabs there. But I mean, Byfield, basically the prototype prototype of what you're looking for a first line center. Yeah, I mean, he's got everything. He's got the skill. He's got the size. He's even got the speed for someone that's his size, 6'4", over 220 pounds. Unbelievable skill. I mean, he's uh, he's got 74 points right now in the OHL in 40 games, 32 goals, 42 assists. Having a hell of a year. I mean, even was on the world, obviously, Lafreniere was as well. Actually, so was Drysdale uh, that we talked about uh, in uh, previously. But he was also on the world juniors. Obviously not something that you see very often, especially on Team Canada. And someone that hasn't been drafted yet be on the team. Um, I mean, his again. So he, he really what you're looking for in the top line center. He's got the size, huge. Um, he's got the score goal scoring ability as well. Uh, not the same top end skill that Lafreniere has. He's probably you know not necessarily going to be a guy that's going to put up 50 goals in the NHL, but he's going to be a solid. You know maybe. Maybe a second line center on on a top team. So is he one of those guys? And on on a lot a lot of years, he'd be a first overall pick easily. Oh, or... yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of people compare him to Eric Lindros and Evgeny Malkin just because of that. You know, the the yeah, crazy yeah. combination of yeah, everything, the, the that size he has. and everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, could work on his defense a little bit. I mean, obviously, he spends a lot of time in the offensive zone, so doesn't have too much experience in the defensive zone. But uh, yeah, I mean, great leadership qualities as well. Um, you know, from what I've read, and uh, I mean, yeah, you would have liked to have seen him maybe do a little bit more in the World Juniors. He only had one assist in seven games, but again, I mean, he's an underager playing against guys that are two, three years older than him. That just reaffor- reaffirms how impressive Lafreniere is. Oh, exactly. I mean, Lafreniere, World Junior I mean, was, can't yeah. say enough about him. I mean, at the beginning of the year, Byfield might have been in the discussion a little bit. Well, just the size alone, I feel yeah, like exactly. a lot of people are going to be like, what if I end up like not picking the next Malkin or Lindros? But but then with, with the performance at the World Junior, there's no that's really what's set in stone. Yeah, now. well, I mean, it was Lafreniere. But, it, but it's just... clearly not, yeah, Lafreniere's performance, what I mean. But clearly not a bad consolation prize at number two. No, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, any team that gets Byfield is definitely going to be super happy. Um, I mean, again, Lafreniere is a winger compared to the center. Again, I don't think uh, anyone would actually pass up on Lafreniere. But, but I mean, Byfield, like you said, is going to be a really great consolation prize for, for whoever does pick him. And, uh, and I mean, he, I don't know if he'll be in the NHL next year, but he's definitely going to be pretty damn close. So um, that's, that's, that's exciting. I mean, yeah, so, something to hope for if the, the, the Habs sneak to hopefully sneak, yeah, sneak I mean, that to, wouldn't be to too bad. To. I mean, because is that something that someone that steps in? You think uh, year one? I mean, yeah, on probably on a lot of teams, I think he he probably will. On the Canadians, let, let, let's let, let's play the like what? It, let's say we do get him. We do get Quinton Byfield. Now there's an even bigger glut center for the Canadians, yeah, which mean, is crazy. Uh, so what happens then? Do they end up trading away 
one of the ones we already have. Who would you trade? Kakiniemi. I mean, I don't think you can trade Dano. I think it's Kakiniemi. <laughs> I think it, and you know how much I love Kutkinyemi. Do, do, yeah. do you think that's a move that they that they talk about? Man, it was that's a hell of a problem to have for sure. Yeah. But I, I don't know what you do with that. Point. Because I I don't see like I don't think you can trade Suzuki. Not after the definitely year can't he trade had. Dano. No, I mean, and it, but to trade da, Dano is like is 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 the he Dano's the third line center on a Stanley Cup winning team. Oh yeah, definitely. you know, like even it, second line. I mean, yeah, even second line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even even second line. If, if one of Suzuki or Kotkaniemi, Suzuki's already pretty much doing it, develops in a to a true first line center. But yeah, but if you get a guy like that, it's that'd be yeah, it'd be a tough, tough, uh, you know, tough problem. Like to have, like you said, sure. not a bad problem to have. But you, you probably go to camp first and see how we perform. Because even these top end guys sometimes that uh, you bring him to camp at the NHL and you realize, okay, maybe he does need. A bit more time, but you look at. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm watching some some highlights as we're talking about him. He's already got the size. Really. Well, I mean that's the thing. Like he's so big. He's so much bigger. Like he's playing in in the OHL with guys that are older than him. Yeah. But I mean he's bigger than most, than most of them. I'm also noticing he wears the same number I wear for our beer. That's not a good team. sign. Uh, that is a fantastic <laughs> sign. I scored two beautiful goals yesterday. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, I, f- I think that, if anything, that's a sign that we're going to get him. I don't know what's the bigger sign, that or the fact that on the day we talked about Lafreniere, we actually rolled first overall pick. So, we'll, we'll just have to see. But a lot, a lot of signs pointing. Anyway, the, the, first, the first three prospect profiles that we've done, Alexis Lafreniere, Jamie Drysdale, and uh, now Quentin Byfield. If we get any three of those, I'm going to be pretty happy. Drysdale was your, you think, is third overall uh, it depends. Depends on who. I mean, there, there's really no consensus after the top two. Um, I think if we had the third overall pick, I think I'd probably go for Drysdale. I don't think. Uh, uh, so it depends on what the team needs. I think. Yeah, because I'm looking at my, a mod draft here. Is Tim Stutzel and uh, Lucas Raymond are two that get picked before him. Yeah, I mean, that's any and, basically any one of the top nine, even top ten, is uh, is going to be great. All right, so that uh, pretty much covers it for uh, for this week. Uh, we'll we'll be back next week to talk about more uh, Habs losses and how much closer <laughs> we are to getting uh, a top pick uh, in the draft. As always, uh, follow us on Twitter at the Habs Forum. You can uh, ask us some questions like today. I think we answered four questions. We're always happy to answer them. We're probably going to put up another poll uh, to see what the next prospect we uh, we talk about is and. It's always good. Dustin's always good for some good uh, insight on some stuff uh, here and there. You know, I, I, I even read your tweets sometimes. Oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening.